Friends, last week we kicked off Advent and the Christmas season, remembering that, yeah, Christmas is ultimately good news of great joy for all people, but it starts off as hard news for, uh, for two couples. Zachariah and Elizabeth are told that they're going to have a son, and they're to name him John, a.k.a. John the Baptist. And, part, and that part, whew, the note caught me again. I was like worried it was doing what it did last week. No, it's all good. The hard part is, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they're old, like too old to be having children. Like people are going to confuse them for John's grandparents when they're playing at the park. And so, yeah, good news, but it's also hard news. They waited their whole life to have a kid, but now it's a little more awkward and dangerous. It's just different than they imagined. Next, we have Mary. All right, we talked about Mary and Joseph. Mary's told that she'll give birth to a son and that she's supposed to name him Jesus. Unlike Elizabeth, Mary's not too old. She's too young. Like, not married young. Like, she's never been with Joseph young, and so this news is quite surprising. But again, it's more than just a surprise. It's also dangerous. At the time, becoming pregnant outside of marriage was already enough to have you executed. Becoming pregnant by someone other than the person you're engaged to, that's a dicey situation. So yeah, the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus, ultimately good news. It's going to be good news of great joy for all people, but it starts off as hard news. And that's where we pick up this week. Mary has just received her ultimately good but momentarily hard news from the angel Gabriel. And this is what she does next. Let's read together from Luke chapter 1. We'll start in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. I want to offer a more literal translation that would read, Getting up that day... Mary went to the hill country with haste or with urgency to a town in Judea. Now join me. Can you picture it? Mary receives some hard news, worrisome news that could put her life in danger. And that same day, she gets up and goes to the hill country with haste. She's running, right? And it's not cute running. She isn't going for a light jog to clear her mind. She's running with haste or urgency away from something or towards something or someone. And maybe it's both. At the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And we're going to pause a second again because I don't want us to miss the power of this encounter. Mary is in the most precarious position a young woman could possibly be in. Her engagement's in question. Her life is in question. Her baby's life is in question. Her mind is cycling through all of those implications. And then, I like to think like an epiphany of sorts, her mind takes her to the safest people she knows. 
Elizabeth and Zachariah, people who, who might believe in her, protect her, love her despite how things might look. And I know I might be reading between the lines a little bit, but it fits. They might not have had children of their own, but Elizabeth and Zachariah are really good people. And we read that last week. And apparently, they're the first people that Mary thought of when she was in trouble. Friends, that's powerful. That's saying something. At the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb, greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ear, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. And then all the way at the end of the chapter we read, And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home. Can you imagine the relief Mary must have felt when Elizabeth greeted her like that? I like to picture that while Mary ran with haste, she might have been preparing to be drilled with questions. All right, like, Mary, what on earth have you done? Mary, what were you thinking? Quick, inside, before someone sees you. But instead, she's greeted by a gentle voice saying, how favored am I that you came and visited me? Right, what a joy it is to see you, Mary. It's such a joy that even the baby in my womb is excited that you're here. Come in, come in. Let us talk about this blessed thing that God's doing inside you. That, my friends, is the greeting of a safe person. That moment right there, right? That's that kind of love we talked about last week that, that transforms hard news into something good, great even. And so I, I ask you, who are those people in your life? Who are the safe people in your life that you could run to with haste and be greeted with love? Close your eyes if you want, but try to imagine, try to draw to mind those people. Imagine you just received some hard news, hard news that was about to change your life, an impending divorce, bankruptcy, loss of job, loss of health. You're scared, upset. You don't know how it's going to play out. Who do you call first? Who are your Elizabeth and Zachariah? Who are the people that you know would welcome you in no matter what? Take a second. Draw to mind a person or, or people. What are they like? Right? What is it about them that makes them feel safe? And then, in the quietness of, of your heart and this moment, give thanks for them. 
right? Thank God that you have people like that in your life, people like Elizabeth and Zachariah. What a gift. And then you can try in advanced player mode. Um, you can thank them. If you really want to make someone's day today, after church, give that person a call. The person that you just drew to mind, call them and tell them you found yourself thinking about them. And then just simply thank them for being the kind of person you could turn to, right? The kind of person that would always be there for you. That, my friends, is a really cool phone call to get on a Sunday afternoon. The more safe people that you have in your life, the more resilient you'll be when inevitable hard news shows up. It's really that simple. There's a direct correlation between positive life outcomes and having a community of safe people to belong to. I can only imagine how different the Christmas story might have, might have turned out if Mary didn't have a safe place as she could go to on short notice. You can call it what you want, but it's, it's love. And that kind of love can change everything. And so take some time. Consider who you turn to, who your safe people are. But let's not stop there. I'd also encourage you to consider if you are that kind of person. Right? Are, are you the kind of person that a scared and pregnant teenager would think of turning to in her hour of need? And, and you don't want to answer that too quish, quickly because you might miss out on the reflective process because we all know a couple hundred people, right? Our, the contact list in our phone is long, but they're not all getting the call. And so are we truly that kind of person? Do people who are hurting call us or run to us with haste? It's a real question. It's worth thinking about, worth sitting about. Now, I'd like to assume or hope that we'd all like to be that kind of person. If you don't want to be that kind of person, don't worry, you're not. But for those of us who do, <laughs> let me offer some ideas. There's some things that could help each one of us be the kind of person who would get that call from, from our kids, from a niece, from a colleague, from that random guy from the gym. All right, no particular order. Here's some things to consider. We can all work on becoming active listeners. We gotta pay attention when people are talking to us. Show that you're engaged by making eye contact, right? by, by following up with questions, by nodding along. The degree that people open up and share directly relates to how well we listen. Next, become honest and transparent with your own story. It's no surprise that Mary ended up running to someone who's in the middle of her own precarious pregnancy, all right? People are more likely to feel safe around someone who's, who's honest and who's made it through a thing or two. As crazy as it may sound, your struggles, doubts, pains, ex right, challenging experiences might actually be the, the open door for someone to connect with you, right? Our I have it all together face is great for social media, 
but it doesn't help anyone connect with us. Next, become reliable. Say you're going to do something. Follow through. There's just no way around this. You can be the kindest person in the world, but if you're flaky, no one's going to call when everything's on the line. This next one I think is the easiest of them all. Simply educate ourselves. Become self-aware. It's important to stay informed on issues of, of mental health, diversity, inclusion. When someone's in need of a safe person, they aren't necessarily looking for an expert, but they are looking for someone who gets it, right? Who, who gets it and who can regulate their own emotions. And then finally, I know it's a long list. Finally, this is the big one. You got to remain non-judgmental in the way you talk about people. And by people, I mean everyone, like all the time. People remember, and they internalize the things that, that we say, that people say, even if it's directed at someone else. When, when people hear you say something judgmental about anyone, they subconsciously file that away. Their brain will categorize you as, as judgmental and unsafe, right? Because if you're willing to talk about someone else like that, what would keep you from talking about them like that? Our brains take it all in, right? We observe people who refuse to apologize, people who use manipulative or possessive language, people who, who criticize carry negative energy, all of that stuff, and we internalize it, and we build up emotional walls between us and them because I think we all know deep inside, like on a soul level, that having safe people in our life can quite literally be the difference between life and death at times. And we could keep going, but, but I hope the point is clear enough. If you want to be a safe person, a truly safe person, there's things that you can do, things that we can all do. It really doesn't matter what flag you put in your yard or what you post on Facebook. All that matters is, is how we carry ourselves, how we talk about people. We nail that, and you might get the call when someone has no one else to call. All right, let's wrap this up. What might you take away from this story? you're that deep in hard news, I pray that you have some safe people in your life, and I pray that you find the courage to reach out to them. And if you don't have safe people, like truly safe people in your life, let me help. You see, I know all the safest people in this community, and I would be happy to introduce you to some of the most amazing humans you could possibly imagine. There are people in this room who have gone through things, who have been through things, and who have come out the other side strong, non-judgmental, so deeply rooted in love, and I would love to introduce you to them. When you're part of a community like this, it's, it's a big family of safe people to belong to, and so you're not alone. Maybe for you, things are going pretty smooth right now, but you know people 
who are going through hard things, or you just want to be prepared the next time a loved one goes through something hard. The best thing you can do is just work on yourself. Put in the time and the effort and the energy to become a safe person, right? Rein in the judgmental talk, share your story, show up for people over and over and over because you never know when a Mary might knock on your door. And so on this second Sunday of Advent, as we keep building up this story to Christmas Eve, we remember how Mary and Jesus, for that matter, needed some safe people in the hill country of Judea on short notice. Because, yeah, the Christmas story, it is good news of great joy for all people, but it starts off as hard news. As we said last week, it's love, true, unyielding, no strings attached, vulnerable and safe love that transforms Mary's fear and uncertainty into her magnificent song of praise. Sometimes the only thing that separates hard news from good news is a safe and loving friend. My prayer is that we would all have those sort of people in our lives and that we would all be those sort of people as well. Amen.